we are going to continue with this red rock. Yes, we are playing Inevitable by Soul Muppet RPG. So Inevitable, if you weren't here for the first part, is a uh, tragic Arthurian cowboy myth-making RPG about the end of a falling kingdom. The cadre, the people here, are playing people trying to stop the foretold end of the kingdom of myth, and their mission is futile. Here's where we left off. The cadre, led by Sir Lirio, uh, played by Gliza, headed into the town of Crescent to retrieve a cannon at the behest of Sir Eli the Martyr. Our two knights, Errant, have been charged with slaying the Great Drake out in the Cradle Range, and Eli thinks that the cannon will probably help because it's a cannon. The cannon is under control, under the control of Duke Halpert, who is a uh, former liege lord to Sir Lirio, and uh, an, uh, just an absolutely irredeemably massive asshole. What? He's my best friend. What are you guys talking about? Lirio, Lirio loves the guy. Grew up with him. It's, he's just the best guy. He's all, he, he's all bark, no bite. Uh, he's pure evil. He can, he, he can go die. He has a shotgun named uh, the Vulture Blackheart. If that's any, like, you don't name your shotgun that if you're a good person. My sword would never lie to me. My sword is honest and pure and true. Okay, so first of all, pure of heart according to whom? <laughs> Secondly, uh, we walked into town with... 12 gallows on either side of the road for a grand total of 24 gallows on the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my neck gallows, is just looking at it. Those are, yeah, those are not easy things to make. Uh, Do you think they had to make their own? It's a lumber town, that's for sure. They got plenty of the materials town. for it. Um, <laughs> yes, there were 24 people freshly executed on the way into town. There's also evidence of thronebreaker activity. The Thronebreaker mm -hmm. is a former knight who is raising an army, a an army of commoners, to take down the Kingdom of Myth. Um, we probably know that guy, like you Lirio and I. Know that guy. We know, yeah. we know him personally. Yes, uh, since you two are well, since Eddie, played by Zad, is a former knight and Lirio is a current knight. Yeah, you probably know the Thronebreaker yeah. and have met him. We'll get a little bit more in detail with him uh, when it becomes relevant. So when we Lirio, need him in 20 minutes. Yeah, Lirio uh, had an audience with the Duke. Uh, the Duke was an asshole, but he did say that the cannon was stolen by Thronebreaker sympathizers, uh, roamers who have headed out into the Red Hills north of Crescent. When the cadre approached the Red Hills, Eddie noticed that throughout the hills, they were signaling each other with mirror code to warn the roamers in the hills that your cadre was coming. So, Eddie, we're going to start with you. You've been spotted, but here's the thing, Eddie. You're a roamer, too. You mm -hmm. might know what they're saying. Would you like do to I... do a challenge here? I would love to do a challenge. I'm going to say the cost for this is that uh, you will misinterpret the message. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh... Eddie, do you like me? <laughs> so, Eddie... Uh, do you have a reputation that will help you? I have ungovernable, and okay. I... Here, let me make a, a ridiculous case for that. It is... Not only am I uh, difficult to boss around, but also I've, like, read anarchist theory, 
<laughs> and part of that is just understanding like, hey, these are alternative ways to maintain communication over long distances so that the man can't keep you down. And that's why I've also studied the mirror. Yeah, I'm, you know, familiar with mirror semaphore uh, as a hobbyist. All right. Do you have equipment that will help you? Man, what's going to actually be helpful here? So Eddie wears 13 different medallions that are uh, various uh, arcane, profane, occult, and divine symbols. One of them is a mirror. I'll be able to communicate back. Assuming oh. that I, I know kind of what specific set they're speaking, like what, what specific, you could call it like a dialect or code, they're speaking okay. with the, the flashes. Would I have notes? No, I would not have taken notes. I either know this shit or I don't. Do you put yourself at risk? I'm going to get in touch with them regardless. So that doesn't feel like physical risk. Okay. Does anyone help you? Does the phantom know the code, know this sort of, like, flash code? Considering I've already established that I've done a train robbery, I think I would be at least cursorily familiar with it, yeah. Okay, so the phantom's going to help you. So your pool is going to be 3d6, Eddie. Uh, That is a 2, a 3, and a 3. Oh, no. Oh, no! Again? The dice want to tell a story today. So not only do you completely reveal your position and send them a bunch of nonsense on your mirrored medallion, they are getting halfway through a message. And it says what you can kind of determine that they're trying to tell you is basically warning servants of the king coming from this direction, shoot on sight. And then they get halfway through shoot on sight before you hear as a gunshot bounces off of a rock just by your face. You have now made them hostile. Tight. I I guess, like, we all just kind of scatter for cover, huh? Yep. Yep. What do you do? How bad do we need this cannon? Eddie looks to Lirio to answer that question. We need it pretty badly. I feel like this is... Well, all caution to the wind, then. Uh, Let's go. And Lirio will not try to sleuth it up, and it's just going to go straight for it. Just ride the horse right to it. Oh, all right, Lirio. You are leading the charge up the hill to go try to take down some roamers. Do you have a reputation that will assist you? Angry. (laughs) You're going to say that. I probably have my own gun or my sword, probably my sword. My sword is now black pointing at them it's black as whatever uh and my horse okay uh that will add so we're up to 2d6 now uh yes you are exposing yourself to a lot of threat here yeah that's gonna go up to 3d6 is this task unusually dangerous yes you will lose 2d6 you will lose 1d6 because you are doing something exceedingly dangerous dang it is someone helping you oh i am right behind her (laughs) okay do we all do we all just start following Oh, I'm pretty sure as soon as that shot rang out, uh, Phantom just dropped from their horse behind it for cover and pulled out their rifle to take aim where it came from. Hey, so we're all getting in on this. So the pool is going to be 3d6. What is the cost? Wow, I get shot, I guess. I feel like Lirio definitely gets shot. All right, Lirio. You or the horse. Yeah, me or the horse. Up to you. Is it you? Who gets injured? You or your horse? 
I got a six, oh. by the way. So that is two. Not that it matters. I got two sixes and a five. So hey. first things first, you are going to Lirio. You are going to get a showdown token. Ooh. The showdown token uh, reduces the threat when you do the showdown at the end of the session. Nice. Now this applies to everyone. So everyone will have access to the, sh it, it, whoever is leading it will reduce the threat by one. Okay. So we get this really like lightning fast reaction as the cadre just charges directly up the hill and um, a few more sh cursory shots ring out, uh, uh, missing horribly before you get close enough that the roamers abandon their positions and start running deeper into the hills for uh, backup spots. They are now out in the open and vulnerable. Eventually, you chase them down to their camp in a tall rock outcropping. And they kind of, they're like clambering up these ladders to get up to this rock outcropping before finally uh, a woman in a hat with a martial star on her vest and a, uh, and a silvery pearl-handled revolver fires one shot at the foot of Lirio's horse, kind of stopping it in its tracks, and goes, now what the hell's going on here? We ain't got no problem with you. We just need your cannon. Do they I have the cannon? Dragon. Do I see a cannon that they have? Do they have it? It's kind of hard to see what's going on up on top of the outcropping. The men scramble up the rocks, and then you see that there's probably eight dudes with lever actions and revolvers like pointed down at you. And then this one woman who is wearing this Marshall badge, she looks over. What do you mean you ain't got any problem with me? You're invading all my boys. We've uh, been through enough. They shot us first. Eddie? The Eddie whole cannon, actually, like, we just need the cannon. What does Eddie say? Eddie walks far enough away from cover that he can jump back behind it if somebody, somebody takes a shot, but otherwise with his hands in the air and says, hey, uh, Eddie, former, hey, uh, maybe you heard of me, maybe not. Anyway, uh, do you looks want over to, to Lirio, uh, says, do you well, want to potentially up... pay a cost to see if she knows who you are? No, absolutely, okay. yeah, that's fine. All right. <laughs> Eddie looks over at Lirio and says, see, this is why we should have just gone and asked for the cannon. Anyways, uh, we need the cannon to shoot the Drake not a lot of rules about uh, how we get it or what we do, what we do along the way. So I don't Who know. What do you say, sir? What's his name? The martyr. The king. Uh, the king, and the martyr. Wouldn't worry about it too much. Hey, um, once y'all take out the, once y'all take out the duke, once we help y'all take out the duke, then we borrow the cannon for a bit. She uh, raises an eyebrow at once we help y'all take out the Duke. <laughs> working for the King, but you're not with the Duke? I'm not working for the King uh, or with the Duke. Okay, which one of you is working for the King? Leo, just sort of like, I'm working for the King. They are working with me. So technically they're working with me, but not for the King. King sent you to get a cannon and to kill the Duke? No. Yeah, dragon. Dragon. You're gonna kill the dragon. What's this yes. about a duke then? I don't. I don't know. They're they're interested in. Uh, why are you trying to kill the duke? Like. Oh, we're trying to kill the duke because otherwise we have to kill her, and I like her, and I don't like the duke. So I'd rather kill the duke and then borrow the cannon from them. As why to do we have to kill her? We don't have to kill anybody. We're here. Well, they've to got you the don't cannon. have to kill me. I don't have the cannon. 
Exactly. I, I feel like at this point, the phantom's just kind of ridden up on their horse behind you all, and he's just eating <laughs> some trail rations and peanuts. It's like, what is y'all doing? We don't have to kill anyone. You hold on, Sir Lirio. You might have to kill somebody. She, like, motions over to the men. Like, put your guns down, put your guns down. I'm coming down, we're going to talk, okay? Okay. Sounds great. And then she descends the ladder after doing, like, a cool, like, gun trick. She does the thing where she, like, spins the gun, and then you put it in backwards, and then you lift the handle and then put it in the normal way, you know, like that. <laughs> Real smooth-like. Not, uh, not the full ocelot? <laughs> she descends the ladder and approaches you. My name's Aspen Tilda. I'm... Well, I used to be the law around here. Okay. Got kicked out by the Duke? Yep. Okay. Did you uh, happen to see all them uh, poor unfortunate souls outside of town? Yeah. Yeah, girl? Them's were my men. Oh, they were actually guilty of mm, the no, thing no. that they were... No, no. Oh, no. They were not. Well... Why was there a fight between you and the Duke? Well, on account of... That cannon ain't get stolen. He sold it. Let me guess. He told you it was Thronebreaker stole the cannon. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Those men were executed as traitors because they found out about what the Duke were doing with the Thronebreaker. So none of y'all are Thronebreakers. No. Oh, he's working with them. If I Mm. see the Thronebreaker, it's on site. I see. Fair enough. Anyways. You know where he's keeping the cannon, or is that out of reach? Out of reach, no. It's getting loaded on that train. Huh. Well. It, they're taking it back to Hubris. Word is, there's a mystic factory there what can make more of them. They're going to put a dozen of those things together, and they're going to sack the king's home with it. On the other hand, a dozen of those cannons could take out that dragon for sure. Yeah, but then a lot of innocent people get killed with those, too, afterwards. Fair enough. Kind of hard to save the world when all the world's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, something bad's coming, but I'd rather see there's something left behind afterwards. Lirio takes a deep breath and goes to face the marshal and says... Well, it's a lot of accusations coming from both sides. Um, We are going to try and take the cannon, of course, and we're going to kill the drake. And then we're going to go through the proper channels of investigating the duke. And if the duke is found guilty of being part of the Thronebreakers, then we will have him suffer the wrath of the king. But he's found guilty of being a dick. She puts a hand on your shoulder, Lirio, and says, Oh, honey... These are the end times. It's too late for that. That man's got to go. Gonna wait until after we get the cannon back? If we lose our humanity, even in the end of times, then what separates us from monsters? Correct? The fact that we're thinking and breathing people? I mean... Prefrontal cortexes? We... need follow the rules and these are the rules okay so you get that cannon we destroy the drake and then we do what we do next okay 
she kind of glowers at you, Lirio, and then she sighs. What's got you scared, Knight? Oh, she's got a magic sword that tells her whether or not something's evil and just puts like huge air quotes around evil. Um, sword says that she's evil and says that the Duke's good, so. You sure you're reading that right? It's not evil. It's not, it doesn't say whether someone's evil or not because the Duke is obviously a jackass. It just sort of has guidelines to follow. Oh, what was, sorry, what was that word there? Guidelines? Yeah. Guidelines. Paypal never that simple. Can we just agree to get the cannon first? Feel I like we could do we can do whatever yeah. we want after we get the cannon. You don't have yeah, to follow me after I get the after we get the cannon and kill the Drake. Feel like that's the step we're all headed towards anyway. So and get I'm the hearing... cannon. Kill the Drake. If y'all want to use the distraction of us stealing the cannon to make a move to take out Duke, that's on you. I highly recommend it, though. Aspen nods. Could use some help. We'll be providing the distraction by stealing the cannon. Oh, come on. How about we won't come after you for killing the Duke? I mean, that was a given for me, but... Whether you're successful or not is not my problem. How long before the train leaves? It's going to be leaving pretty soon here. Duke said he was about to put a posse together. We are the posse. Yeah, well, yeah. Do we trust him to not send to... someone after us to make yeah. sure we don't come back? He's about could to be know an for pretty... Could be an opportunity to uh, get him exposed. If he thinks you're coming back, but tell him my death. Yeah, come back. Tell him we were successful. Y'all didn't have the cannon on you. And then we go steal the cannon off the train and use the distraction to get him. A lot of running back and forth, but sure. You can split up. I'm always down for a train heist. That does sound fun, doesn't it? I mean, it's up to you. I'm just kind of opening up your options, but you guys can decide how you actually want to proceed with this. Mm-hmm. Plus, he doesn't um, know. Well, he know his man knows your face, but they don't know me. No one knows you. If we can exactly. get a hold of the, how many men you got, Marshall? Got nine left. We nine, were thirty strong uh, before the Duke got us. Jesus. Rough. If... How many people to keep keep a secret? Damn, I hate mm-hmm. that guy. How about a letter? Well, what's popular sentiment in the town? Who's, whose side are they falling on? They're pretty heavy on the throne breaker, but honestly, it's 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 split. It really ends up being a question, right? Like if they're if they are heavy on the throne breaker, then you would think that the Duke working with the throne breaker being public knowledge would be good, but I don't think he wants tell of it getting outside of the city of Crescent until the city's been taken. The city of the, uh, his city. Yeah. Crescent. Okay. I mean, hey, why don't you come, why don't you come with us? You got nine of your boys plus you plus the four of us. We can stop the cannon from getting, getting going in the first place. And then when we make a move on Willow Hall... 
you'll have hopefully still nine of your boys, yourself, the four of us, and a cannon. If that's how you want to play it. Does that work for you, Sir Knight? She sort of says condescendingly at Lirio. Lirio is used to condescension from everybody and just smiles. As long as I get that cannon to shoot that drake, that's all that matters. I'm making sure that thing doesn't burn down the world. That'll suck for a lot of people. She shouts back up the cliff. All right, boys, saddle up. We're going to run us down a train. This is going to be fun. We cut away to the train whistle, firing off white smoke as it begins to depart. It begins to pick up speed just in time for the group of, what do we got? We got like 13 people on horseback right now? Well, yes. that's a high number. Exactly 13 people on horseback. <laughs> love that. We love a, we love a number. Yes. And, um, great number. Exactly. Sorry, lucky number. It's great. As you as you come charging up behind it as fit as fast as you can, just as it descends into the tight red canyon. The red rock canyon, as it were. Yep. Some some canyon made of red rock. Uh, you're gonna have to get on the train and clear out the posse that is on the train to be able to get to the cannon and stop the situation. So who is gonna try to do what? You can already see that you've been spotted and you can see rifle barrels poking out of the windows of the train, ready to receive you. So who's doing what as part of this? Maybe was leading the charge, I guess, as always. I'd say like, take different approaches. So two, like, two people, like, if we can different get people going in different entry points. Yeah, if we can get a couple of you guys hanging back to give covering fire. Um, so the two of you who have guns, that would <laughs> hopefully yeah. keep it. The gun peoples. Or, yeah. So we got to figure, you know, we've got this. We've got a bigger posse. We got um, the marshal also has a gun. That's mm-hmm. the five named PCs plus the eight or nine. Eight um, men. Eight men. So figure, yeah, we've got like the crew of us that are trying to just deadhead in and hop on the train to actually do the boarding, and then we've got some more you giving covering fire to clear a space for us. All right, so let's get our covering fire people first. Jack and the Phantom? Yeah, I also had the idea we could just have some of the NPC posse members providing covering fire while maybe, like, um, Phantom and I go in through the back and other people try different routes onto the train. Okay, okay, so you're going to try to, like, hop on the caboose and work your way forward? Yeah. Oh, I can get with that. I I imagine Phantom would have been spouting a few little tips and tricks for train heists on the way down. (laughs) Like, all right, just try and get the cannon into the the back car, and you can see if we can separate it, if we don't have to stop the train. Mm. I still can't believe you tried to do that on your own. Tried? So does that mean Larry and I are hitting the middle? Like I we're think hitting that's the middle, what we're implying here, so yeah. that we can figure out what train, yeah. what car has the, what car has the cannon. We can't okay. see that from the outside, right? You cannot see from the outside okay. what's going on. So. We could keep it in whatever car it's in and just disconnect from both sides and figure <laughs> out what to do with it afterwards. Okay, so let's start with Phantom and Jack. Jack, I'm going to say you're leading the leading this here while Phantom is 
kind of telling you what to do. Jen, yeah. do you have a reputation that can help you here? Can I argue that both quick-witted and audacious? I think audacious, definitely. Yeah. There's some audacity going on here. Okay. Do you have equipment that will help you? I mean, not that I can think of. Think harder. Maybe I have something like, like I have a grappling hook in my bag that I can just use to like hook on the railing if I'm about to fall off. Okay. Some kind of like a rope grappling thing that I can, uh, yeah, yeah, I can work with that. That sounds good. Are you putting yourself at risk? Yes. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> what is the cost if you fail? I fall off the back of a moving train and get injured. Ooh, we like this. That's very cool. Okay, that's so that's cool. the cost if you fail. And you are being helped by Phantom. Phantom, are you okay with also, I think, probably the horse, like, slipping under it, taking both of you out? Sure. Okay. Do so not that's have how any... many D6 do I have? Uh, so that's four. I'm going to remove one because this is especially dangerous, trying to board a fast-moving train. You don't have any reputations working against you, and you're not alone. So go ahead and roll 3D6. Give me the highest result. Five. I got five, a five, and a one. Ah, jeez. A five. (laughs) So you are able to hop on the train. Unfortunately for both of you, you're able to get on, and then your horses get tangled up in the ropes, and they go tumbling behind you, so your horses are both injured. Oh, no. Will not be able to assist you further. But you are able oh, Charlie, to man. And oh, you are no, able to board the train and uh, uh, move forward. Lirio, Eddie, what are you all? What are you both doing? Who's leading this? I think Lirio said you're you're leading the charge here. Yeah. To get into the middle of the train. All right. So what? Uh, uh, break it down for me. What's going on? I'm going to use my sword as a. I don't know. Just to like stab onto. I've never done a train heist, so I don't know how that works. I don't watch a lot uh... of train heist movies. But I'm going to stab the door and use that to climb into a, a window while I'm riding the horse. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's fantastic. Amazing. Guy, does the sword glow when it's pointed towards the, the, the cannon or like where we think the cannon might be? You notice that, like, as you're stabbing it into the train, it it doesn't have a glow about it just yet. Um, Mm -hmm. You think maybe if you start going inside and facing people down that it might. Awesome. This car might be empty. I hope. Uh, Otherwise, someone's about to get startled. Eddie, how are you helping? I think I actually, just in my my travels, uh, I found a way to make, and tell me if this is too much to just kind of drop in, but uh, found a way to make a couple of, like, smoke grenades. So part of the reason, since we're hitting it directly from the side, and we had basically that whole line of fire, uh, Eddie chucked like two of them in that gave us the smoke that we just sort of like powered out of as we got into the train itself. And then as Lirio pries the door open, Eddie throws their last one in, uh, and the train car itself starts filling with smoke so that we can get in a little bit more safely. I dig that. Okay. Lirio, do you have any reputation that you can bank on here? Uh, I'll remind you, you've already used angry and polite. I know. So can you can you justify loyal here? I'm loyally following the orders of my king I... to get the dragon. No, to get the cannon. Can but we yeah. maybe massage this a little bit? 
We can where... always massage everything. This is a very massage always. friendly game. Lirio thinks that she's leading this. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, no, it's okay. Eddie, the entire time, like, I would much rather go and hit this by myself, and or just take the other two, and let you not risk gunfire and not do something that is pretty complicated, given the oaths that you've sworn, and just leave you out of it entirely. But I know that I know you. Mm -hmm. And although it's dumb, and you're dumb for continuing to push yourself in danger like this, that's not an option. And so I am taking as much of the heat as I possibly can through this. Ooh, um, okay. And making you look good. I don't know if we want to... I think, like, Audacious fits with that, since we're using Audacious for the other thing. But the reason I'm not using uh, Choleric is because that's very performative. And, uh, or like, that's that's sort of the big, like, bombast coming in, like, going up front. Well, you're, you're drawing attention to yourself by way of your audacity. Yeah. 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 But, so that uh, works for me. So I am using that audacious to... We've got 3d6 uh, because we've got audacious, we've definitely got equipment by way of the smoke mm -hmm. bombs, and we've got... You are totally putting yourself at risk right now. We had one because Lirio is helping by way of stabbing her sword into the side mm -hmm. and climbing a board. This is especially dangerous, so I'm going to remove one. Hmm. Can I fuck you over any other way? <laughs> Always a good question to ask. How else alone? can I, I ruin your day? You are not alone, and I don't I don't feel like Choleric or Ungovernable are going to mess up your ability to do this task. So give me 3d6 there, uh, uh, Eddie. Uh, I got a six. Yes! I got a six! Take so, a showdown token. The door gets pried open, and Eddie kind of, like, expertly gets, like, one leg up on his horse, jumps through the open door. Uh, Eddie's weapon, Envy, is a pickaxe that has, like, ice crystals forming off of it. And so there's this bluish, smoky arc as Eddie jumps into the train and just, like, lands directly on somebody and drives the pickaxe into him uh, as he drops the first person that he sees inside the door. We jump back to Jack and the Phantom. You board the caboose, only to see a table kicked over, and then uh, just as you throw the door open, you hear a shotgun blaster blow through, narrowly missing both of you. It looks like the caboose is occupied by armed uh, Thronebreaker sympathizers. How are you going to proceed forward? I'm going to attack them. Oh, sorry. That's uh, Jack uh, and the Phantom. Phantom. Oh, yeah, Jack and the Phantom. Bad. Yeah. Honey. Phantom, you want to take us? I've got like exactly one reputation left. Well, I feel like at this point, I would just turn around the, the corner of the door and like head back to it and then head in. Pull it out the rifle. Okay. Are you going to start blowing these guys away? Hell yeah. Okay. What is the cost if you fail? I mean, there's an obvious one here. There's plenty of obvious ones, but I feel like just with the nature of the weapon that I'm using, that I would end up taking the damage. Oh, so your your weapon might backfire on you. Yeah. Your, your, your lever action rifle, the ferryman. Okay, that's a fun cost. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you have a reputation that you're using? Clever. Clever? Okay, we're being clever. In what way are you being clever here? Because they're in a metal train car, and I'm about to fire lightning at them. Ah, okay, okay. So you're, like, you're not necessarily trying to hit them. You're trying to electrify the car that they're in. 
Just hit them all. I love, okay, this is cool. Okay, so we've got Clever. Do you have equipment? Yes, you have your, your lightning lever action rifle, the ferryman. Is this especially dangerous? Are you taking great risk? Considering I'm firing into a car full of people that I don't know what I'm up against, probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I make the is... argument that this is less dangerous than what Lirio and Eddie are doing. I actually yeah, it is. Have... You're actually playing this pretty safe, so I'm not yeah. going to remove the dangerous D6. So you're at 3D6 right now. Is Jack helping you somehow? I'll say Jack is providing covering fire, and I had an idea for her pistols. They basically like have a safety that is what makes them special, so they can either fire regular rounds or she can like flick the safety off, and that's what that's when they become special. Okay, so you're just like firing normal weapon. rounds out of your out of your dually pistols. You're not firing like special magic alpha and omega rounds. Yeah, they're okay. right now. She just has alpha. She has just alpha out firing just regular ammo, just a couple of shots covering fire. Okay, now, of course, obviously, this will expose you to the risk, so you will also get electrocuted if this fails, but go ahead and roll <laughs> yep. 4d6 for the challenge. All right. I got a six. Oh! Yes! Token. We're up to three showdown tokens. You, whoo, you fricassee these guys. They get microwaved inside of the... Like, you, I, I feel like you press the ferryman just to, like, maybe a copper wire on the outside of the train. You click <laughs> the trigger... And, it, and inside you just hear like a quick yelp from about three dudes and then silence. And then, oh yeah. And then I kind of picture that also like the bullets coming from Alpha, we see the electricity arcing between them to catch one dude that was standing in the middle. It doesn't hit him, but it still zaps oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of walk inside and you see like four dudes with their hair standing up like completely out and and pale from having just been electrocuted to death but then you are able to proceed to the next car we go to Lirio and Eddie you hop into one of the middle cars which is a cargo car you don't see a cannon but you do see gunpowder you are in a car carrying barrels of gunpowder and the doors on either side of you open up and men start coming in like firing revolvers. How are you two going to protect yourselves and prevent the train from exploding at the same time? I don't know about Lirio, but Gliza wants to blow the train up. <laughs> well, yeah, we just gotta, we gotta make sure, we gotta make sure that the, uh, the cannon's behind us first. So all we've gotta do is to, to stop the immediate threat of guys. So we could have a nice, polite conversation about workplace safety. Let them know, hey. Hey, uh, you're, you, you should know that this is like this is a lot of uh, gunpowder here. Gotta shoot gunpowder? Did, did you anyway. know that gunpowder is flammable gas? Like you would know it. that. Like they would know that. Wouldn't they? Stand in a doorway and hit people with a pickaxe. Lirio, what are you going to do? I'm going to kick one of the barrels down so that they remember that there's gunpowder in it. Ooh. Okay, who's taking the lead here? Uh, I'm going to take the lead, especially because, like, if I can get the door, if I can drive them back far enough, the plan would be to, like, get the door shut, uh, just, just kick who's ever between cars out of the way, and then shut the door and then freeze it shut. Okay because that'll hold just long enough for us to determine what side of the cannon we're on. And Lirio is buying you time by- uh, Distracting people with- 
like okay. the guy the guy's about to take a shot as I square up with him and then like sees the the gunpowder go flying and his like buddy behind him grabs his gun the bullet kind of like goes wide uh, it. doesn't land inside the car love it okay Eddie do you have a reputation that will help you here? actually you only have one left how yeah. do, is can you can you make choleric work here can I make choleric work here let me give, give me three seconds here because maybe <laughs> happily because <laughs> okay so the reason that I took choleric folks uh, they've got a bunch of pre-made characters in the in the book and one of the tra- one of the reputations for one of the characters is sanguine and I was mm. just like hey that's just a descriptor based on the humoral psychology so let me just take another one of those and so be damned if I didn't just do that. Give me one second. Oh yeah, I'm bucolic. Up the chart. I feel like I tend towards being sanguine myself. Choleric is actually quite the opposite of what I am usually. Like I think, Liza, you're generally the more. I'm playing a sad boy this time. Yeah, yeah, you're playing melancholic, <laughs> uh, which is very funny, as we stall <laughs> by giving fun facts. Okay, so, uh, according to this chart I just pulled up, the character traits for Choleric are things like touchy, restless, aggressive, excitable, uh, changeable, impulsive, optimistic, and active. I think something like aggressive, that, like, push forward, push forward, push forward sort of thing, that would utilize Choleric. And if you you are happy with that, I'm happy with that. Which is the best kind of correct. We award you 1d6 for Choleric. Uh, yeah. Equipment, you're using your fright, you're you're using envy. We'll take that yep. one. Uh, yes, this is dangerous, so we'll take that one. Lirio is helping you, so we're up to 46. This is very dangerous, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take one away. Okay. Um, is it? I'm not, it is. I'm just messing. But is it really dangerous? It's fine. It really Compared to the, all the things that we've done, is it really, Ben? Ben, is it really? Gunfight surrounded by gunpowder gun on a moving train. It's not that bad. It's not that uh, bad, uh, Ben. Potentially leaving the fate of the world in the hands of Jack and the Phantom. Although we're doing pretty well so far, so. I trust I mean, <laughs> if we fail, if we fail and this entire car explodes and the cannon happens to be in the back half of the train instead of the front half of the train, mission accomplished. We did the damn thing. Exactly. Did in a blaze Give of glory. Give me 3d6, Eddie. That is a one, a four, and a six. Ah, we got a six. <laughs> oh, save the six for last, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You gotta right, read so them in the four dramatic showdown way. tokens total. Uh, that is a complete success. So you're able to push one guy. He's a, he's he's coming over, and you push him. He falls, and the other one puts his hands up because he's like, "Ooh, I don't need any of this smoke." And you're able to slam the door closed. Those, the one who tries to shoot the guy behind him like pulls his arm out of the way that guy kind of comes in with a knife and drives straight at Eddie and Eddie moves with his momentum gets his shoulder underneath him and like launches him out back behind him hmm. where uh, Lirio just like kind of coup de gras him when he lands and then you know you get the guy who steps yeah. back and is just like wait hold on uh, Eddie slams the door shut and then freezes it and then coming from behind you, Lyria, you've got those two guys that are like hesitating for just a split second. And then while they're figuring out what to do, their eyes like go white as you hear two gunshots come from behind them. They fall down dead and they're standing as Jack, both guns out, having freshly shot them, barrels smoking as Jack and the Phantom catch up. Did you find the cannon? 
No. Does it look like we found a cannon? Farther on up. What'd y'all find? Gunpowder, lots of it. I see Ooh. that. Glad we were in the back. The dicey I, I, situation. I I just picture we, we all maybe like take like two seconds to like fill a pouch because free gunpowder. <laughs> yeah. Get it oh. with the kittens, good. That is something that we could make use of. Because right now we've got horses probably gone out the way. Mm -hmm. We need to continue moving forward in the train. We've got a big thing full of gunpowder, not a whole lot of use back behind. I froze that door shut, so that door's inoperable. I guess we got to climb up on top of the train. Oh, no. On top of the train. On top oh, of the train. Gee. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And he kicks out a window and like starts or like starts hoisting himself up to get on top of the train. Any Everyone coming with? Oh heck yeah! Everyone's like, yeah, I want to be on top of that train. I want to be on top of that train. Let's go. So you head up on top of the train and there's like wind kicking up in your face and you're sort of struggling your way forward. You also see probably. Oh, a couple of miles down the way, there's a tunnel. Oh yeah, you know there's got to be a tunnel. And it's of a short course. one. It's probably three feet above the roof, so time is limited as a hatch opens in the penultimate car. The car just before the engine car. And a man steps out, a slight That's, man. Maybe killed all those guys. But never. Oh no, there's one more guy. Steps out. And he's got a single action, like a long barrel, single action army on his hip. And he's not wearing like a cowboy hat, cowboy hat. He's got a boulder hat. But otherwise, he doesn't look terribly fancy. Phantom, you recognize him. Mm, I sure do. To run with this guy. His name is Piska. And before he became one of the throne bearer, throne breakers, uh, trusted lieutenants, you did jobs with him. Uh, he's actually saved your ass a couple of times. You would even potentially have counted him as a friend before he got, well, a bit of the uh, a bit of the red-blooded revolution in his heart, and um, decided that it was time to uh, uh, take up arms. Yeah, Piska, you know him, and he stands on top of the train. He's got one hand on his uh, on his revolver, and he's looking at all y'all, and he says, "All right, everyone, y'all get. I can ice every one of you from here. Don't you worry about it." So that's enough. Ain't gonna happen, Pesca. Oh, it's you. Phantom, what's the name that you had before you became the Phantom? Well, Pesca probably would have known them back when they were still just going by their tried and true given name. Cameron Sully. Cameron Sully. Well, I'll be goddamned. How many sides have you served on, hmm? One. Mine. <laughs> you're, you're as much at fault for the end of the world as anybody else. Uh, if we all share the fault and the blame, then who's to say who's actually responsible? I'll tell you who's responsible. It's not just the boy king. It's not just the drake. It's not just his cannibal brother. It's the idea of Mana. It's the idea that we must have a king. That's what's destroying this kingdom, and that's what we aim to stop. And now look at you. First you was for yourself, 
Then you was with the Thronebreakers. And now look at you, hanging around with Aaron's? Have you no sense of shame, Cameron? Nope. <laughs> None whatsoever. You ain't We're honestly just trying to stop Dragon from getting out and killing everybody because it's hard to have a revolution when you're all dead. I'm just trying to live out the rest of my days in peace and freedom. Well, you're going to get neither if you don't let the Thronebreaker win. Surrender. Give up. It's over. Hey, uh, alternate. Hey, Eddie a day. Um, friend of your boss, old acquaintance of your bosses. You may have heard him, you may not. Anyways, uh, hey, actually, though, if we could grab that cannon, we could use it to kill the Duke, then we could take it off to go kill the dragon, then we could get it back to you so that you can make a bunch more cannons. I would say just go ahead and, like, we could take one of the ones off the line, but it feels like that's gonna be kind of a long process. We gotta get this, uh, this Drake cake taken care of in the short run. So, I mean, if you don't mind stopping the train, we could get taken, we could take out the Duke this afternoon, take care of the Drake, uh, oh, by the end of the week, and have the cannon back to you by, call it next Thursday. You got it all turned around, friend. Duke's one of ours. And then yeah, we but he's an asshole. To, and then we switch to slow motion. Phantom. Piska is probably one of the fastest draws you've ever seen in your life. He can take, on a single action revolver, he can put all six rounds in each one of you in the time that it takes you to react. But he has a little tell. He likes to shuffle his left foot just a bit before he draws. Now, it's the showdown. Because you see him shuffle his left foot, and Phantom, you're the only one. You're the only one who knows what's about to happen. Here's how the showdown works. Right now, the threat is at nine. So that is your target number. You have four showdown tokens, which reduces the threat to five. You get to roll 1d6 to beat Pisca. Now, here's the thing. Cameron, you get to name the cost of failure. And depending on how bad that cost is, I will rate it 1 to 5 and give you a bonus. So, what happens if you fail? No pressure here, guys. Anyone can weigh in. If you guys want to negotiate, mm -hmm. like, Come what on. you want to stake here, go for it. We um, get shot off the train and don't have time for a backup plan until we have to fight the dragon. Lyria will jump in front of the phantom. So Lyria, Lyria would take the bullet? Yeah. Okay. If it fails, Lyria will be the one in front. Here's and I feel like Eddie would jump in front of Lyria. No, no, no. Also, like, this guy's, this guy's fast enough that yeah, we're all Yeah, he's just fast gone. enough we can get us all. Hey, if I could pitch a plan that is is very very funny we're standing on top of the gunpowder train car with a it does have a metal roof and so action movie version of this you use the electric rifle to light off the gunpowder inside of the train car the train car blows the roof off launches all of us forward and that's how we take him out, or at least, very least, that's how we close distance. That's all right. That's if you succeed. I need that's a an cost. excellent plan if yeah. we succeed. Yeah. I need a cost. The whole cart explodes. Oh, there's like a ricochet. 
Yeah. We don't get blasted forward, we get blasted off to the side. So I feel we like get... everyone's definitely going to get injured if the train explodes, though. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure. Very injured and not Lose get the cannon. cannon. If you fail the first showdown, you get another try. But there's some consequences, right? So I'm going to say that, like, the car does blow up, but I will narratively craft a situation where you get another chance to, to, de- to defeat Piska and still get the cannon. So what I'm going to do is I am going to assign that cost. I'm going to assign that cost a two. And what will happen is everyone will get minorly injured, like just some scrapes and bruises, but you will you will be injured from this. I'm going to assign that a two. So your target number now is... Three. Three, right? Yep. Is a three. Three or better. Yeah. Uh, well, no, hold on. It's 1d6 plus 3, and you still need to beat a 5. That's what it is. Oof. Ah. There. I mean, that's still nice. Mm-hmm. Which you one still... of these d6s do I like the most? You still need to get a 3 or higher. No pressure. Let me, if, if, let me just make sure. Is it beat or top? Does that say, do we win ties? I mean, we should. Result clean target and threat. Result more than threat. Okay, yeah. So a tie is a mixed success. So a three is still a mixed success. Now if she rolls a two and then a two plus three is five. So well, I rolled two. a five, so... Yay! <laughs> Hi, yes! There is a brief moment of time sort of slowing down as everyone sees just like the flinch of a hand reaching for a gun. And then what happens, Phantom? You beat him. Yeah, as soon as he started going for that gun, just swing the rifle back around under the shoulder and pop one off directly at him. Like, not even taking the time to aim. It's just like, if I miss and hit his feet, it might still help. There is the sharp crackle of lightning from the gray skies as the ferryman strikes him. If anyone has ever had lightning go off right next to them, it is a terrifying sound. It is both loud and like very sharp and crackly, very shrill. Uh, it makes your hair stand up on end. It's just and there is nothing left. He is evaporated by the lightning strike from the ferryman and there's just this brief moment for about two seconds as the thunder from this lightning strike echoes through the canyons while you're just standing quietly on a moving train with the phantom and uh, uh, holding ferryman as it still sort of smokes and the smoke kind of crackles a little bit with electric energy but yeah pisca is gone shame i owed you one a few times over and now you get a doom token oh what does a doom token do ben why you need it to help you stop the doom so uh, there's there's levels of showdown. So we're, we we what we do is you do little quests to build up to the doom quest, which is when you face down one of the six or seven dooms of myth. The Drake being one of them. So you want to collect doom tokens so that when you face the Drake, you don't die immediately. Similar. Same to reason how you want to collect tokens. the showdown tokens. Exactly. Yeah. You want to collect showdown tokens so that you can beat the showdown, and then you want to collect doom tokens so you can beat the 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 doom. The, the tunnel is, is fast approaching. I presume all of you head into the next car. 
Yeah. Very quickly, yeah. As fast as you can. <laughs> I'm going to blow the back. Just. Oh, you're going to disconnect the trains? Yeah. And then nice. try to just blow whatever is left off. So now there are two cars, and then the, the, the three cars that were behind you just sort of trail off into the distance as the train tre- heads towards Hubris. You step inside, and there it is, the ceremonial cannon that was gifted to the Duke um, and a pile of cannonballs. Uh, you presume that the gunpowder, which there is only one barrel remaining because you detached it from the previous Ah, uh, damn. Uh, this is all for <laughs> operating the cannon, but there it is. It's a 12-pounder. It's sitting on wheels, but you could totally use this to shoot a dragon, you're pretty sure. Should we go speak with the person who's driving the train to tell them, hey, you're actually taking us over to the mountains or you're stopping? The uh, the engine just... room is empty. There oh, is no okay. one driving the train anymore. Awesome. Uh, then we're I, driving I, the train. <laughs> is there a lever that looks likely for putting the train in reverse? Why are we reversing? To go back to town, that's the direction. We're not going to Hubris. Okay. If we keep going, we're going to land in Hubris. Hey, we're on the map versus like where the the, the, the Great Drake or whatever is, is chained up. Is going to Hubris getting us closer to or further away from that? Hubris is one way that you could go to the Cradle Range, yes. Okay, but to get to the Cradle Range, could we go through Crescent for that? Yeah, uh, what you could do is you could go back to Crescent and then take the path that Sir Eli took. And that would also get you to the Cradle Range. Hubris is a very dangerous city. Yeah. Yeah. Hubris is a bad idea. Hubris is is not good. (laughs) Hey, are our friends still following us on their horses? Not anymore. Now that they've seen the train detach, they're, they're kind of keeping pace with that. It looks like a few of them didn't make it. Oh, sad. Sorry. Is what well, it is. Yeah. I guess we're going to go back to the Crescent whatever. Crescent. It's just Crescent. It's, yeah. As uh, as the train wheels squeal, uh, whining against uh, uh, you throwing on the brakes, you feel it begin to slow down and slow down and slow down. Um, you are still well in the center of the canyon. Nowhere near where it was supposed to go. You don't even see a glimpse of hubris uh, out in the distance. Aspen rides up finally and um, and sort of shouts at you once the train comes to a stop. Well, howdy. Good job, y'all. Yeah, we got a cannon. Wonderful. We going to commit us a regicide or are you going to turn on us? Is it a regicide if it's just a duke? Yeah. He's a regent, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. That makes perfect sense. I don't want to get too excited about regicide, but we seem to we tend to be pretty pro that around here, around these parts. And how about uh, you, darling? She looks over at Lirio. How do you feel about it? Technically, he's a traitor. You can do it guiltlessly. I will Where not I be directly from? involved. Do Where what you need from? to do, and I will... Do what you need to do, and I will turn my eye somewhere else. Oh, come yeah. on. You're not going to help? No. No, I will not. Okay, I won't push her. I won't push her. She's just no fun. No, that is the opposite of what I am. (laughs) She is a knight. Uh, So you got men that can haul this thing back? We can can hitch it up to some horses, I think. We could probably do that. Might be best we leave the train here. Cut down on the possibility of evacuees. 
Yeah. Oh, that was my plan. Was just ditch the train, take the cannon. Oh, good thinking. I don't want to put your horses through having to drag back a train. Plus, there's the rest of the train car. And... Yeah, that looks like a whole lot of work. We'll unload this cannon and we'll uh, uh, meet us up on the ridge side where you done uh, had a little shootout with us, and we'll uh, come up with the next steps. All right. You are gonna take the cannon. The cannon. I go where the cannon goes. You can stay with us. Perfect. I'll stick with we're you. Just... Tra- safety in numbers. Okay, looks like we're all traveling together. That's fine. It's okay. Leo's <laughs> uh. <laughs> not going anywhere without that cannon. Uh, that cannon and Leo are buds and best friends. Is there contacts that you can trust within Willow Hall? Within Willow Hall? Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. Maybe within the city, though. Okay, well, if we're going to be pointing the cannon at Willow Hall, we might want to see if there's... Is there anybody that you want out of the building before we take it down? Oh, no, they can all burn. Oh, right on then. Okay, well. Can we use the cannonballs afterwards? Or, like, how many do we need to use? Because we're going to need this for the dragon, too. Yeah, and we there's really like only a, a 18 cannonballs. Why are we using a giant cannonball to burn the can? Aren't you able to go in and just kill the guy? I mean, I think you could. Convince me. Eddie takes you aside. Uh, Eddie says, hey, um, can I talk to you a minute? Sure. Uh, and we walk away a little bit. When we get out of at a earshot, Eddie just like turns and squares up to Lirio and says, why do you need to be convinced? He found me. Yeah? After everything I've done, he found me. Sure, he's not the greatest person, but I don't want to be the one shoving my sword into his gut. Okay. Let me do it. Is that okay? I don't know. As you can see, I'm very torn about the whole situation. Yeah, that's why I wanted to... He's not a very nice guy. This is true. Don't go hiding behind understatement. You know what kind of person he is. I can't just turn my back on everything I've been through. So, like I said, the most I can do is turn a blind eye. It may change, but the most I can do right now is to commit to turn a blind eye. Okay. Jack's not there, but Jack would definitely say, just because it's where you've been doesn't mean it have to be where you're going. You, you get a chance to write your right? own story. Mm-hmm. Can you get me into the house? Yeah. Do you think y'all can get me back out of the house? Yeah. Well, yeah, if we blow a hole in the side of it. Apparently, shots is is shot the bottleneck here for the cannon. Like, what's what's the real limiting factor for how many times we can shoot that damn thing? Time, particularly, Time. it takes it takes a crew of three to load it, and it takes a while to load it, like quickly. Like, it, 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 even with a trained crew, you're only going to get one shot a minute out of it. Well, yeah, sure, but, like, we want to make sure that we've got as many cannonballs as we can for when we're fighting the Drake. You only have 18 cannonballs. 
Right. That's why I want to save it. Yeah. And I can walk into, I can... I mean, you can be pretty sure that, like, if you're fighting the Drake with a cannon, you're going to get one, maybe two shots off. All right. Well, Lyria and I are headed up to uh, Willow Hall. Y'all get an exit ready for us. I suppose you'll be the mayor instead of the marshal by the time I get back. As that sounds. Hopefully. All right. Well, Eddie pulls a flask out of out of a pocket, unscrews the top, lifts it up, says to regicide, and uh, takes a swig. Kind of pops the cork back in and chucks it over towards the phantom, and starts heading off towards Willow Hall. Now you're speaking my home language. Definitely not the craziest shit I've tried to pull off. We cut away to the Baron, or sorry, keep calling him a Baron, Duke. The Duke. It's because I'm imagining the bloody Baron from The Witcher 3 when I think of this guy, you know? Uh, The Duke getting a report from uh, one of his men, and uh, he looks, like, angry at finding out that his train just got heisted with that cannon on it. It is at this point uh, he dismisses the man, and then a shadowy figure with a sword on his hip uh, with the, uh, the king's seal approaches the duke from behind and simply whispers, we need to talk. And then we cut back to Jack. You remember what you were told by... By my seer friend. By my mystic friend. You remember what you were told by your mystic friend, Bright Moon. Yeah. To uh, only open the letter once the business that you're in Crescent for has been resolved. Well, the mission is done. You're that task is finished. Uh, yeah. Killing the Duke is not wasn't on Eli's laundry list, so now would be the time to open the note. Yeah, I picture just as we're all riding back, kind of like drift back or drift to the side and pull out that letter and open it. You pull out the letter and open it, and scrawled as if in desperation are just six simple words. Eli must not face the drake and that's where we'll stop baby that's inevitable by soul mother (laughs) how did we all like that how was that oh that's fun that's so fun i gotta take this out i'm sorry it's like that is very oh yeah i've had high expectations Uh, but it's living up also i want to I want to say uh, that every single person that has been in the chat has complimented our character art. So um, our character art has been done by the amazing Emily over there, who is playing the Phantom, as was foretold. Follow Emily, commission Emily. Emily is great. Mm -hmm. Emily is one of my favorite people to work with. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. that was a blast um i so for a little bit about it like lifting the hood inevitable has just a lot of story hook stuff in it there's just like a lot of little figures that you can work with to build out like a session like that i would say that once i had read through the book i got an advanced copy of it so i could run this thank you very much zach from soul muppet i'd read through the book that was a very easy read very pleasant book to read and i would say prepping this probably took me about 45 minutes so just really and a lot of that was just like, oh, I kind of want this scene. Oh, I want this person here. I'm going to put this person here. I'm going to put this person here. So it's, it's just like the best, easiest parts of prepping. So like as a GM, really appreciated how this was set up. 
just full of really cool ideas, full of like freedom. Like a lot of the, I was prompting people and like, you know, uh, filling holes and stuff with player prompts and like submissions from them. That's part of the gameplay. Like the players are supposed to feel immersed and kind of doing stuff. So it was just yeah. really fun as a GM to run this. Uh, very easy, not very stressful at all. So let's go around the table and reintroduce everybody uh, once more for the chat. Thank you all for listening. It was great. Bree, let's start with you. Hey, I'm Brianna G. This has been so much fun. Um, you can find me at Brianna Jeans on Twitter. Most of my podcast stuff at Pseudodim Social on Twitter. And I'm also part of Game Woven and several other things and probably more to come. Because I just like telling stories. Nice. Thanks, Bree. Thanks a lot for playing Jack today. Zad. Uh, hey, you can find me on Twitter at Zadkiel in green. That is Z-A-D. K-I-E-L in green. Um, other major project is Game Woven, obviously, but if you want to, like, kind of get back into the Orbital Blues back catalog of Soul Muppet, um, Telluride, um, at Telluride RPG on Twitter. One season, I think 17 episodes, me and Ben are on that one. Good story. Very I think, good like, story, really yeah. shows, yeah, shows the the way that Orbital Blues is kind of laser focused on making characters act in character and mechanizing that shows just like a level of dedication to the craft that Soul Muppet has. I'll tell you right, wouldn't be the same without it and definitely worth checking those out. Thanks, Dad. Love Daddy. Loved the brooding sort of X night. That was really that was a really fun dynamic. Let's go to Emily. Hello, I am Emily, and as was prophesied with Inevitable, I am, as was foretold, everywhere on the internet, mostly on Twitter. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't actually mess around with prophecies that much. But you can follow me on Twitter, see my art, commission art, dice, all kinds of craziness. You will hear everything about Game Woven, because all, my friend's projects are my personality. So <laughs> I can't help it. But absolutely do that. Follow Game Woven listen to it. You might hear me in the future. You'll hear me in the future on Pseudonym Social in a couple of little things. I can't wait for you to meet those characters. Thank you, Emily. (laughs) Emily is a growing personality in the TTRPG scene and someone that I really like playing playing with a lot. So please go follow them at As Was Foretold. They also do art and that's lovely and wonderful. Thank you, Emily. I really like the laid back, I guess, uh, recklessness of the Phantom. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that I, a lot. It, it, it's it's a little bit uh, Killian Cannon vibes, but that's a little okay. Kill, like young Killian. Young Killian, yeah. Yeah, young Killian. And I'd watch let's that go series. To our, that, I would too. Let's go to our gracious host, Gliza. Hey, um, I have my little note in front of me now so I can just read it. Hi, I'm Gliza. I go by they, them. I am a person of many hats. I'm a podcast host, a writer, a variety streamer, a talk show host, director of philanthropy over at TTRPG, as well as a partner on the Gremlin Collective. Uh, Today, I was in front of you as a TTRPG personality where I played Lirio, who is the opposite of a lot of the characters I normally play. Uh, Very polite, very responsible, very sad. Uh, And it was so much fun to play. I am in a lot of shows uh, now, and I am tired, and I don't know all of the shows that I'm in. Sometimes I'm surprised that I have a session zero. I actually have another one coming up later tonight, but that's fine. Oh my god! Drink <laughs> water. But yeah, you can find. <laughs> I'm mostly Diet Coke now. Yes. To check all of the stuff that I'm in, just go to bio.link forward slash classical Liza. That does has that does have all of my links and a calendar. 
Thanks, Galiza. And I'm T.T. Benjamin. You can find me on Twitter at T.T. Benjamin One. I'm the uh, producer and showrunner of the Game Woven podcast, uh, an exciting world building podcast where we build a world of one game at a time. I play with these lovely people and we are probably going to keep playing Inevitable. I think this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed running the system. It was great. All right. Go back to Kickstarter. Go follow all of us on Twitter. Every single one of us. You have been listening to Pseudo Adventures, This Red Rock, an inevitable one-shot run by T.T. Benjamin, featuring Gliza, Emily, Zadkale, and Brianna Jean. Inevitable is a doomed Arthurian RPG created by Soul Muppet Games. And if you enjoy this, feel free to check out our other shows over at Pseudonym Social. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and follow us on Twitter at pseudonymsocial.